You're listening to Coffee and Honeycomb, the podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Park, and today's guest is Bethany Schrock, also known as Beth Kath. Bethany is a creative director, a photographer, and runs her own business in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Bethany is also a dear friend of mine and someone who has personally taught me how to find joy despite whatever circumstance you're in. In today's episode, Bethany gets real with us. She shares her scariest moment of running a business, which she started at the age of 17, and her story and experience of what happened when she was diagnosed with a brain tumor. We talk about putting our identity in work and pleasing people, trusting God, and wondering if we are still enough. I hope this episode encourages and reminds all of us that there is more to life than hustling and can be relatable to all of us as we've all had moments where we wondered, is God still enough? Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Coffee and Honeycomb, the podcast. And I have a very special guest today. Her name is Bethany Schrock, a dear, dear friend of mine. I'm so glad you're here. Hi. Um, This feels unreal because I feel like you knew that I wanted to do a podcast or something like this for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And you were always like, okay, go for it. Okay, (laughs) go for it. That's because you have so much excitement and so many dreams, but then you always have this moment where you're like, but I don't want it to be me focused and I want to have the right intentions. And something I love about you is you'll like take your time to be like, am I doing this for the right reasons? Am I full of myself? And I'm like, Jenny, just do the freaking (laughs) podcast. Oh my gosh. And you've been so patient. Okay. And we'll get to how we know each other in our relationship. But for the years that we would have conversations every single month, I probably had a new passion project. I wanted to explore and I never followed through like I'm gonna start a fitness podcast I'm gonna start a fitness channel I'm trying to think of like the weirdest thing I'll just never forget um so right now it's 2018 we're like in the spring and I'm from Minneapolis and there's like a huge um housing market is super high right now and you're like I want to buy this tiny tiny home for like four hundred thousand dollars and I just kind of want to do it and I'm like yo Jenny have you looked on Zillow? Like, that's so... Like, unre- Zillow? Yeah, you're like, this is... I'm like, this is so unrealistic. You know what's so embarrassing about that time, too, is that we went to go um, to a loan officer, and they recommended we pull out our 401k... No. ...to put a down deposit on the house. Are you going to mention what put a down company that loan officer I don't from? even remember. Man. I don't remember. We um, emailed my uncle, who's a realtor in Illinois, and he was like, in the gentlest way ever, an email, basically saying... This is the most idiotic advice I've ever heard you in my fools. life. You fools. Do not do this. <laughs> so always get input from other people that you trust <laughs> and think at least a week on a decision. Don't just buy a house. I mean, yeah. Good yeah. for you. Okay, so we have Bethany in the, po- in the room here. Bethany is a business owner. She is incredibly talented. She's a photographer, a creative director, a stylist. Wow. Um, and she has worked with so many amazing brands like Baxter. Jute Salon, Caribou Coffee, and last but not least, Cheerios, which I think is the greatest. It is. <laughs> I'm a little bit biased. <laughs> so welcome, Bethany, to the podcast. With that introduction, it's like, I can run for president. Dang. Yeah. yeah. No. I got to no. pump you up. That's my goal of these podcasts, too, is I want the guests to feel really comfortable, really confident. Well, I'm excited to hear all your other ones, by the way. Yeah. So, um, shameless plug, subscribe now. <laughs> Rated five stars. That's another thing. I just... I support you and I love everything you do, even if it's a tangent that lasts a week. So this will last longer than a week, you guys. There's so many incredible people coming on. 
subscribe now. Okay, that's what I love about you. And I was thinking there's something, so I'm really proud of you and I'm proud of all my guests. And so I want to say all these incredible things that they accomplished, but I also don't want it to be like this person because of all the accolades they accomplished. Ooh. And so I'm so excited to go deeper into this conversation and just share all the other facets of you that I love and is so lovable about you. Wow. Like, okay. <laughs> First, what is your coffee order? My coffee order today um, is I have an almond milk matcha latte. I am completely on the matcha train. Yeah. 110%. Um, it is... Good for the soul, good for the taste buds. Thank you for picking it up for me, Jenny. Do you put sweetener in it? No. Oh, man. But actually, I'm on this, like, kind of sad doctor limitation diet where I'm, like, all paleo. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew you were on it for a little bit, Oh, I've but been you're on, still on it. I've been on it for six months. Can you drink this? Yeah. Okay. Because it doesn't have any sweetener. Oh, okay. I can have almonds. Yeah. Um, And I can have matcha because I can't have coffee right now. Oh. I used to be like a black coffee drinker, yeah. and I would always give you shade whenever you added just a little a bit of vanilla. I was like, you weakly. You did. Um, but now I can have coffee, and so this is my substitute for now, um, but it's actually very enjoyable. Yeah. How do you feel being on paleo? So much better. Good. Um, I guess we'll dive into why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on all these dietary restrictions coming up, but thankfully... It's 2018, and people are a lot more flexible with keto, paleo, vegan, all that kind of stuff. I also love that we've been recording for six minutes, and you've already brought up what year it is twice. Like, oh my gosh, it's 2018, people. (laughs) That's because I'm believing the longevity of this podcast, just saying. Shut up. Okay, so want to share a little bit of our relationship, how we met, yes, and all of that, which, so I met you on Instagram. You did. I don't know if you know, I mean, I probably told you this, but when I first moved to Minnesota, or before I was moving here, I was like, what is in Minnesota? Like, what am I going to have to look forward to? So I started searching for random hashtags to find, like, coffee shops, and all of them, I noticed, would be from a similar person. No. Was your Instagram handle Beth Kath back yeah. in the day? Yeah. It was? Okay. Yeah. And that's when I found you, and I was like, this is the girl I'm going to get all my Minneapolis recommendations no from. No way. I went to Black Waffle Coffee Shop because of you. No. I went to Lake Calhoun because of you. I mean, now those two are, like, basic. Yeah. But before then, I was like, okay, Lake Calhoun. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then I saw your photos, fell in love. And then when Eugene and I, this is something I'm still a little bitter about. <laughs> when Eugene and I got engaged, I wanted Bethany to be my wedding photographer. And but I responded, thank you so much for reaching out. I will actually be married and on my honeymoon when you're getting married. <laughs> Best of luck. Bye, Felicia. Okay, actually, do you know what you said? No! You said, I would love to shoot your wedding. Would you be interested in moving your wedding date? I did not say that. You did? No, okay, okay. It must have been like a... I need to find that email. Stop right now. It must have been like a PS if you ever want to move your wedding date. Because I liked your email because it was very personal, to be fair. And it was because I was already obsessed with you via email, to be fair. Yeah, I'm totally kidding. It was No, you're not kidding. You said it in a nice way. Okay. I distinctly remember that email. I was on the train in Washington, D.C., <gasps> responding to it. And I was like, who is this chick? I really like her. She's cute. Oh, and her husband and her are Asian, and I could add that to my portfolio because I need more <laughs> of it. Okay, so fast forward years later. Yes. Then how did we develop a friendship? Okay. So then, fast forward years later, um, you reached out to me mm-hmm. 
because you worked for Cheerios and you were looking for a social media photographer. Yeah. And I remember we had like a conference call interview at like 9 p.m. Yeah. It was really late. professional. And you asked me about my portfolio and work I've done in the past. And one little thing, advice, fake it till you make it. So had I shot a lot of food? No. Had I been a social media photographer consistently for a company before? No. But I'm going to tell you all the cool projects that I've done and why I'm the best in the world. (laughs) And And that's not something that comes naturally to me. But if you own your own business, if you're not your biggest ambassador no one else will be. Like, mm. like you need to sell yourself like you want to hire yourself. Yeah. Um, and, yes, we all want to be humble and, you know, not, not gaslight and all that kind of stuff, but this is the thing. When you're trying to build a business, you got to be scrappy and you've got to just own it. And you knew that the parts you didn't know, you were going to work really hard to yes. learn. Yes. It wasn't like, I'm going to fake it and leave her hanging. Exactly. And I was honest with yeah. you. I was like, hey, I haven't done this kind of thing before. And hey, I haven't consistently worked for a company doing photography. Yeah. The last time I like was on a payroll was at Starbucks when yeah. I worked in a drive-thru. So anyways, uh, but another thing is I really liked how much you were like, and I want to help you whatever you need, Bethany, and I'll help yeah. you with this. And I was like, wow. She sounds like someone I could work for. Yeah. So fast forward, I became a social media photographer. And you killed it. For Cheerios, and Jenny was my boss. I learned a ton through that experience, but then sadly, I had to stop working at Cheerios. Yeah. Okay, before we get there, okay, okay. tell us about okay, dun, dun, tell dun, us dun. about you. What do you do? Ooh. What is your business? Great. Hi, my name is Bethany Schrock. Um, I'm a photographer slash, I hate using this term, um, I really love creative direction. I love the entire process of a shoot. I do a lot of work with small business owners because I like that I don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops of a marketing team and yeah. a PR team. I get to talk straight to the business owner, the designer, whatever. Um, and we'll sit down, we'll have co- coffee, and I'll say, give me three adjectives to describe your business. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, and then they'll talk about their business. And maybe they've never even had the chance to talk about their business like that. And then through that, my mind just starts exploding with ideas of how can we visually capture that, all those three adjectives, in a photo. Mm-hmm. And so then I'll just start spitfiring different ideas of like, what if we did a shoot like this, this, this? And then they get to sit there and sort through it and be like, no, I don't like that. Okay, I like this. Okay, being on the recipient end of that too, Yes, you are so good at that. Like yes. you have so much energy and you champion for the brand, you champion for the business. Like you've worked with incredible like brands, people, models. But when we talk about cereal, you talk about it with the same amount of enthusiasm as you would with a really cool jewelry designer, whatever, and you make me excited about working with you. One um, rule that I've given myself that has really helped me, um, starting out, I did a lot of senior photos, okay, Um, because I had to buy gear, okay, and do I want to be a senior photographer for the rest of my life? No. Do I want to do baby photos for the rest of my life? No. But you got to, honestly, work the totem pole because you learn um, consistency, you learn client communication, and you learn mm, hard work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so even if it's not glamorous, you just got to do it. But whenever I would shoot that senior session, in my mind, I would say, I'm going to imagine that Madewell is going to see these photos, and from these photos, they're going to want to hire me to do their next That's so good. Lookbook. So no matter what project, yes. you treat it with the same amount of attention to detail, yes. give it your best. Yes. That's, because that. you never know who's going to see your work, and also... 
I don't want to put out anything that's sloppy. And yeah. so I have like a hit list of I want to work for Madewell. I want to shoot one of their um, like collections. I want to do a Zara campaign. Um, yeah, I want to work for Glossier to just do at least <laughs> one because dang, they're so trendy. Yeah. Um, those are just a few. And so I'm going to shoot even a baby session thinking that yeah. Tiffany and Co. is going to see these photos yeah. and want to hire me for it. So is that how you started out doing yes. baby and senior photos? Oh, yeah. Okay. And shooting weddings. I did it all. But when did you learn photography? Um, so growing up, my dad always had a camera with oh, him. Also, I, I love, love that. that we're backtracking. Like, start from one. Yeah. Growing up, my dad always had a camera on him. And um, I had a lot of um, learning disabilities mm-hmm. in school. Like, dyslexia and things that were just so crippling for me. Yeah. And so my outlet of finding something that I was actually good at was art and was photography. So I just poured myself into that. <gasps> um, so I picked up a camera. I started just shooting. I would beg my friends, please come outside with me. Let's park on the side of the highway and let's get into, like, one of those medians that has a bunch of high grass because it'll be really cool. And can I shoot your photo? Oh, my gosh. And then because of that, I started doing all of our seniors' high, uh, senior photos in high school. Um, and my dad was like, Hey, Bethany, you know you can charge 50 bucks. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yes. I was like, this is amazing. I can build a business right now. So I did senior photos. Um, I shot my first wedding when I was, man, I keep on forgetting the age, 14, 15. How old are you now? Right now I'm 23. Okay. Um, And it's 2018. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, And then from there, I just shot weddings. Um, and kind of whatever I could grab, I would do it, even if I wasn't sure how to do it. Um, I would just fake it till we make it. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, I'll shoot your baby photos. Ugh, babies are uncomfortable, and they throw up, and I don't know what I'm going to do, but yeah. I'm going to do it. Look on Pinterest, get inspiration. And then I found a mentor. His name is Lucas Boats, and he changed, like, my trajectory of business. Huh. I was nannying. I was waitressing. And I interned under him. Yeah. And he would book seniors, and then I would go out and I would shoot the seniors, and then he would edit the photos. Oh, wow. I didn't know this. Yeah. And so I probably shot maybe seven to eight seniors a week all summer long. Oh, wow. And it was in the same neighborhood, and I was shooting on the same gear, and I was the same age of the seniors, so that was awkward. (laughs) And I learned, man, I'm getting bored of my locations. Okay, what can I do to make it different? Mm-hmm. And through that, I just learned, okay, this is how I'm going to talk to clients to make them feel, like, comfortable. And then I was able to buy gear. And then after that summer, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Wow. So I didn't go to college. Okay. Um, and I started my own business. I yeah. went to LegalZoom.com and I bought Bethany Catherine LLC. And... Um, that's how it began. And you've really grown your business to a point where you were doing wedding photography yep. primarily at one point. Yes. And then you were getting so many inquiries, so you had to gracefully turn them down, do other yes. projects. What's your one of your most favorite projects you've worked on or clients? Ooh. Man, good question. Favorite project that I've worked on to date. You know, um, so I just did a project with Caribou Coffee. Yeah. And what was so cool about that is... Um, they're trying to get a little bit more lifestyle-y in their social media, a little less product-based. And so 
their tagline is, life is short, stay awake for it. And so they asked me, as an artist, as a photographer, what makes you stay awake? Yeah, so good. And so I got to tell them what I was going to shoot. So I created a deck, um, like a project proposal, and Mm -hmm. I Googled how to write an official project proposal. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Because I want to impress the socks off of them. And I made a PDF, and I, you know, these are my two different Three different scenes that I'm going to shoot. Yeah. These are going to be my models. I just found some of my friends that I knew would do a great job. And I just copied what Google said to do. And I sent it into them. And they loved the idea. Yeah. And so I shot it. And it was my idea. I chose the clothes. I chose the models. Sent them the photos. And they really love it. That's amazing. Thank I'm you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You're really resourceful. Well, it's 2018, and so there's so many... Girls gotta do what girls gotta There's do. resources everywhere, and it's like, as hard as you work, as, as, as hard... Whoa. As hard as you work is as much work as you're gonna get back. Yeah, you never let that stop you from yeah. saying yes. One of the great things about social media and the internet is that it's so easy to... Mm-hmm. Or it's easier to start a business now. Mm-hmm. You wanna do your own thing, you have all this freedom, which is really great, so a lot of people are doing it. And when you look online, you see... That it seems really glamorous and seems super cool, but I know from you personally and a lot of other people, there's a lot of hard parts too of owning yep. a business. Can you share a little bit of a low point of a business <laughs> or something that was hard that many people might not know? I will share with you, which I don't really talk openly about, okay, my lowest point. So I think I was 17 at this time and um, I was just getting into weddings and... Um, a fellow photographer was like, hey, Bethany, I can't shoot this wedding. I already promised I would because I double booked. Can you please go shoot this wedding for me? Okay. Oh, yeah, um, totally. Cool. Yeah, I'll do it for you. Great. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't really know the client. You know, I was doing it to help out this friend. So we flew out to a location of where this person was getting married. We show up, um, shoot the wedding, and um, got home. And one of my cards that had the family photos and some of the wedding mm-hmm. on it, on my digital camera, got corrupted. And that can happen. That's where all of a sudden oh. your card just poops out. And it, um, you can try to restore the card or whatever. The memory card. Yeah, the memory camera. card for my camera. And I remember calling oh, the bride. Gosh. And my... My stomach was in my butt. Oh, like, like this was one of my first weddings, and I wanted to do such a good <gasps> yeah. job, and I lost some of the wedding photos. You can't reshoot a wedding. No, yeah. And you were the only photographer there? I had a second shooter. Okay. But her photos yeah. weren't the same. So I called the bride, and she was sad, but then <gasps> she um, understood. And so I delivered the photos. I felt really bad, so I bought, like, a photo frame, and I got them a gift card, and I sent it to them. And I got an angry phone call from the groom. <gasps> and they were heartbroken about the photos that I missed. Oh. Um, so, like, I'm, I didn't have the photos of her walking down the aisle with her dad. Oh, okay. I didn't have some of the ceremony. And it was so hard because there's nothing I could do to get it back. You know, what was done, what was done. Right. But um, they were really upset. And I just remember being on the phone, and I wanted to melt into a puddle and die. Yeah. And they wanted um, 50% refund, mm-hmm. which 
I had already spent that money. Yeah. You know, I use that money to buy gear and stuff like that because wedding checks are great. And I didn't have 50% to get back to them. And I started ignoring their calls because I didn't know what to do. And, and you're 17. And I'm 17. And it got to the point where the father of the groom was like, I'm going to sue you if you do not refund us this money. Wow. And I'm going to um, sue the photographer that recommended you to shoot this wedding. Oh, wow. And I just remember sitting at dinner, and I was with my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband. Oh, hey, Wes. And I was so filled with anxiety. I, I don't, this might sound dramatic, but hopefully some people can relate when you're so full of anxiety that you're just like, can I just like get in the hospital mm-hmm. and like disappear for a second? Mm-hmm. And I felt so awful and I felt like I let people down and I felt like I needed to quit my business now because since I made such a big mistake, I don't deserve and, um, ended up scratching up the money. I refunded them and case closed. And I remember booking my first wedding after that situation. Yeah, okay. And I felt like, I'm such a screw-up. I don't deserve to be doing photography anymore. Wow. And you just have to take a deep breath and go, I'm human. I'm not perfect. I'm going to make sure that I photograph on two memory cards at all times. And we're going to move on from this. You learn from that. Oh, it was the worst. Ex- you want to... You wanna- Put it down and just be done with it. Yeah, I feel like some people would take that and think, you know what, maybe this isn't for me, move on. When someone threatens to sue you and you're already so sad and you cry over the fact that you lost those photos. Um, But this was the thing, like, and I understand, like, that couple, like, I understand their frustration. I understand all that, like, and I'm still so sorry if you're listening. I'm sorry. Um, But this is the thing mistakes are bound to happen we are not guaranteed like a mistake a mess up free life and so it's not so much about the bad things that happen to you it's about how you respond to them and how you grow from them so I'm going to choose to look at the situation and I'm always going to back up my memory cards and I'm always going to make sure that I'm shooting on the right card you know all that stuff and I'm going to use that and I'm going to learn from it and I'm not going to let it affect the future hundreds of brides and grooms that I'm going to photograph their weddings and they're going to feel happy about it. And I feel like because that happened, and of course it's yes. awful that it's at the expense of these people, yes. but now every wedding you shot yes. from then on, you took with so much oh. like, care and you were very precious about oh. it and you wanted to treasure this moment. You don't you know. never let it happen again. Like, those weddings afterwards, I had my computer and my hard drive in my car so that I could download all the photos right away, yeah. right then, because That's I was so, so afraid. And so... I'm going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. You're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. But if you look at mistakes weighing out your finished projects, your finished, you know, weddings, baby sessions, everything, like, you know what? It's not worth letting that one thing knock you out of the game. If you're passionate about it, keep on going. Yeah, I love that. When we worked together, we had a lot of fun. And I feel like it was super fun, too, because we really developed a friendship mm-hmm. as we were working mm-hmm. together. And we would, like, spend hours sitting in the champion's corner <laughs> just, like, talking. And sometimes we got deep oh, from, yeah. like, politics because that's when the election was happening. And yeah. that was really good perspective, I think. For sure. Yeah. And to family, to uh-huh. mental health, all of that. Uh-huh. And then eventually we had to stop working together. And, and you mentioned it was a hard season mm-hmm. and it was a pressing season. Can you talk more about that and what that looked like? And Yeah. 
So, working for Cheerios, um, and I was taking on every project that I could get. I was like, oh, I'm building my business. I want to be so successful. I got it. I was obsessed with the word hustle. Um, And slowly but surely, I was finding my identity in my work. So, just to preface all that. Um, And then, one day in May... I went to the doctor because I had loss of movement and feeling in my left arm and didn't know what was going on. And I found out I had a brain tumor. Oh my gosh. Um, it wasn't cancerous, but it was on my optic nerve and we needed to operate. And it was such a shock because you think you know hmm. your life, hmm. you know your calendar, you know your schedule, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, something throws you off that you have no control over. Wow! And of course, I tried to control it. I'm sitting in the hospital with IVs and getting a spinal tap one day, and then three days later, I'm supposed to shoot a wedding, and I'm trying to get out of the hospital to go shoot <gasps> the wedding. And thankfully, I have an incredible husband and friends. That looked at me and were like, you idiot. No. Yeah. You're not shooting this wedding. And um, I have a friend and he completely took over my business. He got my email logins. He emailed all my brides and grooms and we're like, hey, Bethany is in the hospital. She has a brain tumor. I'm going to shoot your wedding. And do you feel like you needed to shoot this wedding because you were like, I am, like, my identity is in work. Who am I if I don't work? Or why do you think you felt like... I need to shoot this wedding. What's so interesting is, let's be honest, the bride and groom, you know, were excited for me to shoot their wedding, la-di-da. But I made it so much more about me than it really was. It was, I don't want to let these people down. I want to prove that I'm stronger than my circumstances. I don't want to be a failure. Mm. And what am I without my work? Yeah, oh yeah. And so having to let go of just that one wedding, I felt like, man, I'm such a failure. And then having to let go of the next wedding. Oh, everything that I'm building is falling apart. And then all summer long, having to get let go of those 25 weddings that I had worked so hard for and booked, I had to give it to my other quote-unquote competition oh. photographers. And I felt like my hand, if it's a tight fist and that Mm. represents like who I am, was slowly getting pride open. And God was like, Bethany, you need to let go. Yeah. Um, And through, it was a few months before I could get the surgery. Um, And in those months, it, it was like a deep cleansing of my insides. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember sitting in bed because I couldn't walk. My whole nervous system was just shot. I was having seizures. Um, and I couldn't even like get up to go to the bathroom by myself. And my husband had to help me. And he was going to school full time. And he had to do the laundry. And he had to make the food. And I felt so worthless because I couldn't do anything. Wow. And I had this thought where I'm like, who am I if I'm not offering anything? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, and I remember in one of our conversations, 
you said something like you were like, I told Wes, like, Mm -hmm. honestly, I get it if you, if you have to leave. You're like, I get it. I can't put you through this for the rest of your life. Because I think it was at this point when you weren't sure if you would be able to walk, pick up a camera, see, see, all of that. I remember feeling, and like, I just remember feeling, I can't give you anything. I can't offer you anything. And so why would you love me? And I honestly said to us, babe, you should just leave me and go marry someone else. Like, we're young. Like, you deserve a better life than just taking care of me. Yeah. Which, of course, he was, like, infuriated that I would dare say that. And he would never. Um, But that's when I learned, like, who am I if I'm not helping people? Mm. Will people still like me if I don't do things to help them? Mm. Um. And I think we can so easily take on that identity because if we're honest, you know, we're like, oh, if I'm helping people, if I'm serving people, they're going to need me. They're going to need me. And that's such a, like, a good Christian thing to do. It's so good to, like, be helpful. It's so good to, um, you know, I get a high whenever someone's like, oh, Bethany, thank you so much. Thanks for doing this. Wow, you're so nice. Yeah. I'm, like, a compulsive people pleaser. Yeah. And for a few months of my life, I couldn't help others, and I needed help. Wow. And it was uncomfortable, and it felt icky, and I felt like I didn't deserve it. But it was almost kind of like I was in a headlock with God, and God was like, Bethany, this is, this is the story of the gospel. Right. You didn't do anything to deserve Jesus dying on the cross for you. Yeah. But I did it. So you don't, quote unquote, deserve Mm. someone to love you right now Mm because you're not doing anything for them. But that's what love is. Oh my gosh, so good. And it was like all these things that you are holding on to that you think give you meaning, that you think give you identity. I'm going to strip them one by one as painful as it is because there's like a deeper, steadfast love that is so much more worth it. I think of really, I haven't told you this, um, all this is happening and so I had to stop working at Cheerios because mm-hmm. you were so sweet and you're like, we can take a break and we can b- hire someone in between to, you know, do work for you until you come back. And I was naive. I had no idea oh, what was like going on. Because I wasn't telling people, I wasn't really talking about it because if I talk about it, then that means it's real and then I don't know what's going to happen next. Mm. And so I ended up having to stop working at Cheerios. And, um, man, I remember I recommended one of my best friends to take the job that I had as social media photographer. Her name is Monica. And, um, I, she would be a perfect fit. She's so talented. And so I was like, she should work at Cheers. She should take my old job. And at first it was like, my heart felt really uncomfortable. Oh, my best friend's going to take my job that I used to have. And I like totally held on a pedestal and, um, she got the job. I just remember talking to her on the phone before she accepted. And she was like, I just want to make sure that you're not going to be sad or you're not going to like be angry that I now have this job that you had. And I just remember crying on the phone with her and I wasn't crying over the fact that she got that job. I was crying over the fact that this was just another example 
that I was sick mm. and I had to see an opportunity pass me. And, and it was like, I just, I felt like I was sitting in a car watching things pass by me, opportunity by opportunity, which normally I would go out and I would hustle yes. to get. Yes, And my hands were tied and I was stuck in that car and I couldn't. And I had to be okay with it. Yeah. Because I had to focus on being better and being a wife to Wes. And so we just cried on the phone. Yeah. And that was okay. Yeah. And it was okay to be sad. Totally. And it was okay to be a little angry. God, why is this happening? Yeah. And what's so cool is that God is our father and and he heard all of that. And he heard all that and he and he w- welcomed it. Mm. He welcomed yeah. Bethany, it's upsetting. Do you think up to this point you ever prayed such honest, vulnerable, oh, real prayers to God? Never. I mean... Because you could always handle it before. Oh, I could always handle... You know, God, I trust you. You got it. Thank you, Lord. But now, when I'm talking to my surgeon, and we have to think about if I'm going to be blind after the surgery. Oh, my gosh. Where the one thing I'm good at the one thing that I really love, seeing, experiencing, taking photos, I might lose. Wow. And, um, okay, God, if I lose my sight and if I have to completely stop working, am I still enough? Mm-hmm. God, are you still good? And how did God answer that for you? Or how did that... Um truth become real for you? What do you think solidified that? You've probably heard people who've gone through like really scary experiences say this because it's so true, but it's like Mm. when everything fades away Mm. and there's only a few things left, Mm. it almost, you see things way more clear. My job faded away. It didn't matter. Um, Social media faded away didn't matter yeah um what really mattered was god you knew this before i was even born and i trust and i believe that there is good at the end of this Mm -hmm. because that's what you promise Mm -hmm. and that's who you are Mm -hmm. you haven't failed me before and you won't fail me yet it might not be on my terms of Mm -hmm. what i think good is yeah good is but you know what I don't want it to be on my terms. Wow. Because I'm human and you're God. Yeah. And so for the first time ever in my life, I stopped trying to control. Wow. And that's when peace Mm. beyond understanding just flooded me. I love that because, and you know, I'm sure so many women struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Putting their identity in work, uh-huh. putting their identity in helping people, yep. pleasing people, yep. proving people, yep. and they're just missing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're just striving, striving, mm-hmm. striving. And you went through this thing that mm-hmm. was incredibly hard, traumatic, mm-hmm. and those words aren't even sufficient to describe. Like, I don't, I can never imagine what you went through. Um, but you are standing here. Well, first, I want to stop you really quick. Yeah. You said, um, I'll never be able to understand. Mm. But this is the thing. The pain that you've experienced in your life is mm. the worst pain yeah. to you. 
And that is just as valid yeah. as me going through a brain tumor. Yeah. So you might be listening to this and be like, wow, I didn't go through a brain tumor, but I'm dealing with this. That is the worst pain you've experienced, and that is valid. Yeah, you're right. And don't, you know, be like, oh, I should get over it. It's not that bad. Mm. No, 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 no. Like, what you're going through is hard, and that's okay. And you can be upset, and you can talk to God, and don't compare it to someone else's. Don't feel guilty about being in, in frustration or pain or hardship. But through it all, talk it out with God. Choose to become better and not bitter mm. through the circumstance. And because pain is inevitable, mm-hmm. inevitable, inevitable. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> because pain is inevitable. Whoa. Anyways, because it's bound to happen. Yeah. Let's deal with it. Yeah. Let's work through it. Let's yeah. talk through it. And yeah. Versus pushing it under the rug because I did that for so long. I pushed it under the rug because I wanted to be a good Christian and I wanted to be a strong person. Mm-hmm. And that ended up eventually biting me in the butt. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't sustainable. It wasn't no, real. It no. didn't last. Exactly. Yeah. So I ended up getting the surgery in September. Um, and they got the whole tumor out. Wow. I'm not blind. I can walk. And I'm slowly but surely becoming, I'm getting back to who I am. I'm getting back to myself. Um, That doesn't mean, even getting back to yourself, not just who you were before the surgery, but getting back to like your identity as a daughter of God. Who I want to be. Yeah. Um, And it's funny because, so, you know, I, I have hard days where I literally can't feel the left side of my body and I can't walk. Mm. And then I have to email my client and cancel a shoot Hmm. there's days where I have the worst migraine ever that Hmm. I can't talk um those are just things about me healing um I'm on a super strict diet um for my body to heal and so eating out yeah eating out is a pain in the butt um and it's not all of a sudden better Hmm. but through it that's real life you know I went through this hard thing I trust in God. I'm, I dealt with a seizure the other day. I trust in God. Mm. I can't wake up today because I'm in so much pain. God, mm-hmm. I still trust you. Mm. And do you, how did that change your relationship with God? Like in, intimacy, dependence? Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like my relationship with God is a lot more of a, I'm holding hands with you and walking mm. with you versus playing Marco Polo. Yeah. Um, going through this, I just remember being like, okay. I mean, in all honesty, there's moments where it's like, okay, um, hey, Wes, if I end up dying, this is how I want my funeral to be. Wow. We had to have those conversations. And when you learn to hold life a little more loose, mm. um, little things don't matter. Mm. It's, you know, God, I want to focus on relationships. Mm. Um, I want to focus less on work. Yeah. Um, please let me be the absolute best version of me. Yeah. So good. It reminds me a little bit of um, Paul when he talks about he was a thorn on his side. Oh, my gosh. That is, like, all I think about. <laughs> I'll get a seizure, and I'll be like, that dang thorn. Yeah. And he's like, God, remove this from me. But if not, like, 
your grace is sufficient for me. I will boast yes. all the more in your, my in my weakness. Yes. Literally, it. So I'll get seizures still occasionally. Mm. After I get a seizure, I'm like wiped for the day. Like wow. my um, like mentally, I'm like just flatline. Yeah. Um, and whenever I have those seizures, I'm just like, okay, God. Yep. I'm human. I'm human, and you know the world is a fallen place. It keeps me in perspective. I um I also want to share this too because um I I keep saying that you have such a gift of joy. And this is just an example that you had surgery and I don't remember if it was like a couple months later, but we were talking on the phone and you immediately were like, So what are all the you were like, enough about me. So what are all the good things in your life that are happening right now? Like, what are the things in your life that we can praise about? And I was like, This girl <laughs> has, you know, so much on her mind, but she is like ready here to like cheer her friend cheer someone else on and I think that is such a gift something I love so much about you that's just because I get sick of talking about myself (laughs) and after you go through like like seven months of people saying how are you feeling expecting a deep answer back I want to be like how's college Cindy (laughs) do we have to talk about me right now (laughs) yeah I love that so what is your honeycomb currently a Bible verse or a passage or truth that is resonating with you? Yes. Okay, this verse was my rock. Like, Wes and I would, like, read this and cry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, but it is in Isaiah 43, and it says, Do not fear, mm-hmm. for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt your ransom. Love that. So good. Um, And what I love about that is there's going to be rivers. Yes. There's going to be waves. And it's going to really suck. But they're not going to crash over you. Um, Wes, we wrote our own vows. And um, Wes in his vows, he's a songwriter, so he's, like, super poetic and dreamy and all that stuff. Um, he said, we've been on the mountaintops with each other, but we've seen beautiful things, and we've experienced great things, and I've been in the valleys with you when it's been hard. Yeah. And I've fallen in love with you in between. Dreamboat. <laughs> um, and we just kept on referencing that through the season of, like, we're walking through a valley right now, but it's leading to a mountaintop where we're going to be able to be up there and see perspective and know that it's yeah. okay. Yeah. We actually ended up getting tattoos and it says mountains and valleys. It looks so good. Um, and we, so, we have moments where like we're just having a really great meal out on the patio and the sun is shining and you feel good and we just go, this is such a mountaintop right now. I love that. And just like a little yes. moment in the day. Yeah, just any little moment where like you cherish it. Yeah, like this is such a mountaintop. And the valley isn't a stagnant place. It's not a ditch. You're not sitting in a hole. It's I'm walking through mm-hmm. a valley. I'm going through something hard, but it's going to get me to a mountaintop. I think one thing I also love about that passage that you just read too is when after it says like you will not be burned, you will not be this, for I am your God. Yes. It doesn't say these are the five steps you're going to do, or yes. you need to work hard yes. to do this. It just says, I am God. We don't need any other explanation. Yeah. I am so God. Good. So good. 
Well, thank you so much. This was such a good conversation. Where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram, BethCath, B-E-T-H-C-A-T-H. You can find me on my website, BethCath, Twitter, BethCath. I don't really use Facebook, but that's there too. Yeah. Um, But come check me out. Take a look at my work. DM me if you have any questions. Honestly, if you're dealing with anything, I love to read and I love to respond.